This is Peter Anderson from BibleMoneyMatters.com. And now, your host, Eric Rosenberg. He'll balance your checkbook, he'll tell you where to invest, and he'll even DJ your wedding. This is the Personal Profitability Podcast. You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Eric Rosenberg, and I have a very special guest here with me today. He is not just a finance and side income expert. He could also body slam you and and do many other painful things. So I am speaking of none other than the famous Latin lover himself, Martin Dasco. Say hello, Martin. Hey, how's it going? I'm not sure how famous I am yet, but... <laughs> I, I already feel famous. It's just it's time for the world to figure it out. <laughs> we'll get you there for sure. This helps. You know, we're getting you on the the audio rate, the internet radio. I guess we could say what, what podcast. Oh, I hope I hope that I hope that your fame rubs off on me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a little background on Martin for everybody. Um, I've known Martin for a few years. We are in a mastermind group together, which is a group um, I'm in with. There's four of us in my group, and we get together. We email once a week and have a couple of audio video calls um, a month. And we talk about the projects we're working on and the businesses we have and try to help each other succeed, give each other motivation. Um, So I I know Martin pretty well. He's actually also going to be my roommate at the upcoming FinCon this year, which is uber fun. Um, So let's start with um, some of the more boring stuff and we'll get to the exciting stuff so you keep listening. (laughs) So so Martin started, uh, can can you tell us how you started with your first side income project? Well, I don't think it's boring. That's not really nice, Mr. Eric. <laughs> I find it to be exciting. My, my, if you were on my first side income, it was selling chocolates when I was in grade seven. I, wor- I worked for a company, and then we went door to door selling chocolates. Well, I would sell it. I would sell a box of chocolates for three dollars, and I would keep a dollar profit. That's pretty cool. So thirty-three percent of your sales you got to keep. Grade seven. So if, if you didn't pick that up, everyone, Martin is in Canada where they say grade seven, not seventh grade. I know, a little, oh, little different. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's always funny to me, the, the little differences of Canada and the US, but pretty similar. Um, yeah. So seventh grade, that would make you about 12 years old when you were doing that? Yeah, about 11, 12, maybe 13. I've, I, you know, I wish I had some emotional story. I've always just been a greedy kid. <laughs> there's no, there's no other way to look at it. I always just, my parents were were pretty poor, so I just wanted my own money, and it was it was just simple for me. If I wanted something, I had to work for it. So I figured, why not sell chocolates? That's and then similar. I started. That's similar sorry? to Warren Buffett's story. He uh, his first job, I think he was a little younger than you, but he started delivering newspapers. He started working at a really young age, and um, look at his success now. So you're following in really good footsteps. <laughs> I'm only I'm only a couple billion dollars away, and I'll, I'll be at his level. And we'll get you there, right? I mean, you're the Latin lover after all. <laughs> so, what did you? Um, so, you, so you made a, a few bucks doing chocolate bar sales. Then, then, what came next? Then, actually, I did deliver newspapers. Oh yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you're literally in Warren Buffett's uh, footsteps. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if I'm going to door to door, I might as well, you know, if, if they don't want a chocolate, I might as well deliver them a, a newspaper. <laughs> so, did you uh, were you on your bike? Were you in a car? How did that all? How did that come to be? How did you start? It sucks because in the movies, you know, the paper boy is always on a bike. He's cruising. He's throwing. He throws the paper. Everybody knows him. Mm-hmm. For me, there, he, he, we weren't allowed to use a bicycle. We had to actually walk door to door and and put the actual newspaper in the mailbox. You know, <laughs> was, was this in uh, Toronto? Yes. Yes. So cold so, winters, hot summers. Yes, it was a, it was a brutal job. I mean, and the worst part was that, as you can imagine, I would try to take a shortcut, you know, go house to house. Mm-hmm. Some some of the uh, you know older folks didn't like me stepping on their grass, so I would get yelled at a lot as a kid. <laughs> so I'd be stepping, I'd be stepping on their grass, so they wanted me to walk all the way around. So it wasn't exactly a glamorous job delivering newspapers. Oh, it did uh, did it pay well at least for all those cold uh, cold winters and getting yelled at for stepping on the grass? 
Well, I remember, I think I, I think I made a hundred dollars a month. hundred dollars <laughs> a month. Hey, when you're a kid, that's a lot of money, right? A hundred dollars. I remember I saved up for a scooter. That, that was my big, that was my first big purchase. I bought a scooter. Do you remember when scooters were in? It was like a razor scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Like a razor scooter. Like, <laughs> like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, world you know, buying a scooter for a hundred dollars. Did you, uh, did you ride it to school and, and show off to the girls? I did, I did, and they weren't impressed for some reason. I don't know why. They weren't impressed by the, the wheels. How old were you when you, when you got your scooter? Uh, grade seven, grade eight. You know, I was also very nervous back then. I'm, I'm the oldest brother, so okay. I had to experience everything for first on my own. You know, sales, dating, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was never easy for me. <laughs> you, you paved your own path. That's a, that's a, that's something to be proud of. I think. Oh, my, my brother when he was 15, he had everything. He was already a barber. He had a girlfriend just because he learned from me. At 15, I was a nervous little boy, you know. He <laughs> was learning from the best, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so what did, after newspapers, what was your next uh, entrepreneurial adventure? I'd like to say my grass cutting. It was entrepreneurial in a sense that I never worked for a company. I, I thought it was cool that I would, I would go to this one, uh, like an agency for elderly people. Mm-hmm. And they, they would give me a list of contacts. And it was my job to contact the people and set up the appointments. Okay. So this was my first taste of, of true freelancing okay. because I don't know if you know this, it's, it's kind of nerve wracking to call somebody. Yeah. Cold calling, is, cold calling is not a uh, fun or comfortable thing. I was in grade nine, I think grade, grade 10, 10th grade, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and I, I remember I would have to call these people and I'd be like, and they weren't even cold leads. They were warm leads because they wanted their grass cut. Yeah. I just, I was just so nervous about it. You know, I was just like, I would call and. It was really simple. I all I had to do was call them and set up an appointment, but it just it just was really nerve nerve wracking at first. Yeah, it's that's kind of interesting. You bring that up. I've been reading a bit about how kids today, you know, young kids, not kids like us, um, are are having really tough times with social skills, particularly phone calls, and they get really oh, yeah. freaked out about phone calls because they don't do it very often anymore. It's all so text based and. You know, everyone's emailing. You can respond at your own, your own time. When you get a phone call, it's like you got to be on demand, ready to go, ready to talk. And a lot of people can't think on their feet like that. It's uh, it's like, it's kind of sad. It's like a lost art form. You know, a good phone call. It's funny you say that because I have a friend who's in his late thirties, and we'll be texting, and he calls me. So I, I think something happened, right? I'll answer the phone, and he goes, uh, "I'm like, is everything okay?" He goes, "Yeah, I just wanted to continue the conversation." Or the phone, yeah. like, and even me catches me off guard. I'm like, oh, oh, so everything's okay, right? Like you're not in an emergency. Like I remember in like middle school and high school, if if you liked a girl, and you'd sit on the phone with them as long as they would be willing to talk to you, and you'd feel really cool that you were talking to them. You know, it's a real girl on the other end, and uh, I, I don't think and, and, and kids that, do that anymore. But they also have well, you don't have to sit around and wait for them to call you at home. They have cell phones. You. They just text each other all day it's, uh, or, or Instagram well, you can, you can, or Snapchat or whatever they're doing to each other. <laughs> you can just wait to see if she likes her Instagram photo. Then you, then you know she likes you. And you could swipe, right? Was that what you do on Tinder? You swipe? I've been told on Tinder that you can swipe right. That's what I've been told. Rumor has it. I've, I've never Tindered. It came out when I was already married. So I was like, what, what's this Tinder thing? It's a... It's a weird world. I guess I'm getting old. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Tinder is an addiction from, from, from what I've been told, you know. <laughs> from what you've been told, not personal yeah. experience. From my friends, you know. My friends use it a lot. Totally. Just just your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These guys, you know. I don't know what, what kind of stuff they're into. <laughs> so, uh, so you, you did um, – so were you mowing the lawns yourself, doing the manual labor, showing up, cutting, cutting people's lawns? Well, this is my first real taste of freelancing, as, as I said already. Yeah. I would I would call the person. I would get their information. I would show up, mm-hmm. and the catch was they had to supply their own lawnmower and their own tools. Huh. So and you, this, sorry. So you'd like bike over, walk over, get to their house on your own, and then you'd show up, and their lawnmower should be waiting, ready to go for you. Yes, this was uh, perfect in in theory, but in execution, it never happened. And did they not always have the lawnmower, or was it broken? Well, it was. It, it varied from from broken lawnmowers to people forgetting that I was supposed to show up, to, to cranky, you know, folks, to people wanting me to do odd jobs. One guy would pay me. I thought I thought I was I was making a fortune. He would pay me just to water his plants. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, he, uh, 
when when I was younger, when my neighbors went out of town, they'd pay me like you know five bucks a day or probably less than that, five bucks a week to uh, go over and water their plants every day. Um, which you know, hey, I walked walked next door, turned the hose on, turned the hose off, and I, I was good to go. It was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, this guy would pay me seven dollars an hour. That's what I was making. Well, that's a and big that step would... up from a uh, hundred dollars a month delivering newspapers. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was loving it. Seven dollars an hour. Yeah. And the guy wanted me to water his plants all day. So, you know, I was there for, you know, I was there for a good part of the day and making my $7. I thought I had it made, right? <laughs> was it like the creepy old guy on Family Guy that, that's always like you know, scoping out Chris? Like, keep watering my plants. <laughs> you know, I, sw- I swear, I swear to you, he actually looked like that guy. <laughs> except, that he, except, except that he was the friendliest guy in the world. He's oh, super cool. Good. He just wanted to show off that he had the nicest lawn. Like, he just, he was immobile. He had, you know, he. Get to do something with his money. Might as well pay the kid to uh, water his grass. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, so how long were you doing the the lawn care business? So all throughout high school, I spent my summers. Luckily, I never failed anything until until later on. You know, so <laughs> I I spent my summers cutting grass and working as a soccer referee. Okay, how did you uh, how did you get in the soccer referee game? You see, you did both both um, each summer. So maybe like weekends you were doing the soccer stuff. Weekdays you were doing the lawns. Oh, weekends when I got lucky. Weekends, if I got lucky, I could do a soccer tournament. Ooh. And so now you're talking three games. You're talking close to $100 a day. So I'm, I'm moving up in the world. Yeah, gee, you're, I'm surprised you're not already the billionaire like Warren Buffett you know, with, with this kind of well, acceleration. It takes time, you know. You know there's, only, there's only so many lawns. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, so I would cut grass all day. And in the evenings, I would try to referee every single day. Okay. And, and I, got, I got started because I played soccer. And then this one guy was uh, he's like he was like a coach slash angry parent. Mm-hmm. And long story short, I found out that he had a a, uh, a course teaching you how to be a referee. Okay, so did you pay to just, take the course like a little? A oh, little of course, investment? you got to pay for everything these days. Come mm-hmm. on, Eric, you got to invest. <laughs> I'm just trying. Everybody to has a course everything. on something. There's there's a course on everything these days. <laughs> yes, yeah, so. so I took the course. I, I got my brother to take it because I didn't want to do it alone. You know. Mm-hmm. So we took the course and we we watched soccer games and hung out and we were certified referees, ready to ready to referee games and and be the most hated person on the field. So were you refereeing for like kids leagues or or adult leagues or how did you? Here's how- the catch, Eric. My my whole life has been on the job training. Okay. So being a soccer referee prepared me for becoming a, a pro wrestling villain because <laughs> there's no bigger villain than a soccer referee when the team is losing six nothing. That's true. Then any call against them, they're like, "Come on, we're already losing six nothing. What are you doing?" <laughs> There's no bigger villain than a soccer referee. This got me ready. Do you think with this animosity now, when I'm a villain, when I get in the ring and everybody hates me, I embrace it? Because those summers as a kid were rough. I I I was in theory supposed to referee people younger than me, but my whole job, my whole life, things kind of worked out in a funny way. So I would. I would get calls. I'd, he'd call me, you know, the guy, the, the angry parent who ran the refereeing, uh, the refs. I guess he was the, ref, the head ref. Mm-hmm. He would call me and tell me to go to a game, not thinking about anything. I'd get there and the people are, are older than me. Which wow. you have to keep in mind, when, you, when you're 13, 14, a 16-year-old might as well be uh, an adult, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, was, so I, would, I would get there and like, these guys are driving and I'm riding my little bicycle to the game, you know, it's taking me an hour to get there. And these guys are cruising, they're smoking cigarettes, they got girlfriends, they're cursing, you know? And here I am, just a nervous little kid with, uh, with, with, my, with my whistle and a couple of cards. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever red card him just to like be, yeah, I'm the power guy, you're out of here? Oh, no. A funny story. One game, I got called in, the other referee called in sick. I, I don't know how you call in sick to, to, uh, to being a referee. So they called me to go to this, the field. I get there, and they thought that I was the ref who was, who was you know, supposed to be there originally. Mm-hmm. So they thought that I was re- or late. And this is one of those games where they had to pay for the ref extra because it was like a holiday or something. Mm-hmm. So they hated me. They like, And it was like two teams that hated each other. So it was a very aggressive game. Yeah. <laughs> so then at one point, the guy blatantly committed a, a foul. I had to give him a red card. So I get in my pocket. I'm like, my first red card. I'm so excited, right? <laughs> I, I, I pull out my, my stack of cards. I left the red card at home. Oh, no. Did you hold up two yellow cards? I gave the guy yellow, and everybody was like, was, and instead of improvising, 
I just said that's that's a yellow, and it was clearly a red. The guy had to be ejected from the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they weren't happy with me. <laughs> they let me, and they let me know they weren't afraid. You know, you know, soccer fans. And when I, uh, they're not, when they're I not a, afraid to tell you how they feel. I did a semester in uh, in Jerusalem in college. We went to the the local soccer team, Beitar Yerushalayim, and they're known to be kind of the most rabid fans in the country. And in Israel, it's a funny thing the the soccer teams or football teams, as you would say in uh, Israel, are each tied to a political party. So it's not just oh. like you know, uh, Denver versus, um, Kansas city playing football, you know, two rivals. It's the Democrats versus the Republicans or the liberals versus the conservatives. So oh my it's, God. it's city passion plus political passion. And the words that I learned in the stands were not the same as the words I learned in Hebrew school when I was doing the uh, Hebrew classes. It's the, uh, Funny how that works, huh? I know, just, all these new words I got to learn that like the street slang and it was the things they were yelling at the referees that I was learning, not the other team. Wow, yeah, the referees are the most hated man on the field. I was a uh, it, it was I would not have wanted to have been a referee at any Beitar Yerushalayim game, especially an away game because they go in mass, like hundreds of them, and uh, they're the ones known to cause the. The, the riotous outbursts at the end of games if they if things don't go their way so um the worst part was sometimes the team would be losing like a big big time and they had the nerve to blame me i'm like you lost by like five goals what could i what could i possibly have done for you yeah <laughs> you know that, what i mean if it, if it was one goal you might be able to say referee or too hard on us that one call but yeah five goals um they're they're just looking to blame somebody yeah i think that they're <laughs> that's 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 a bad day. <laughs> my fa- my favorite complaint was one time they complained because the the other team's jerseys were too intimidating. The other team, wow! I mean, if you watch you know, American football, I've seen um, one time a team traveled and brought the wrong color jersey with when they traveled, and yeah. there was this whole big uproar about from the home team saying we wanted to wear that color and we had to change colors and that put us at a disadvantage. So people will blame anything for uh, for losing or winning a game. Maybe like under. That's how that, that's life works, though. That's how life works. When mm-hmm. things don't work out, there's always someone or something to blame. Uh, if it's the color of your jerseys, I think you need to fi- find something better to do with your time than complain. <laughs> yeah, you might need a better game plan. <laughs> so, so speaking of game plans, you uh, made it through high school. You were in the summers doing the lawns, doing the uh, soccer refereeing. Um, next you did that, did you do that all through high school? Yes. I was, I was, uh, very busy in high school. I worked all throughout my summers and yeah, th- those are my summers. There's lots of work and lots of sports. So what did you do next step after high school? So I didn't really want to go to college. Like, you know how like everyone's, you know, you meet have friends that have their life figured out. Mm-hmm. I've never been that guy. You know what I mean? For me, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's all on the job training and it's just like my whole life has been just seizing opportunities and just just one day at a time. So I, I went to community college first, actually. In Toronto? Yes, in George Brown College in Toronto. So I did it totally different. I, I've, Like I said, I've always been greedy. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to go to school. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted an education just because, you know, I come from an immigrant family and my parents weren't able to study. Mm-hmm. But the, the one problem was that... Uh, I was greedy. So I wanted to work. <laughs> yeah. Like I wanted to work right away. Like I didn't want to like, you know, go to school. I thought that like, I'm like, all right, that's eight hours. I can't be working. I should be working those hours. I should be making money. You didn't want the delayed gratification of the degree. You wanted the, the income right now. Oh yes. Yes. So then, so I went to community college cause this way I figured it's, it's a lot cheaper. I don't know how it is over there, mm-hmm. but community college is like a fraction of the cost of, yeah, of a major those, school. It's the same here. Yeah. It's much, much, it's, you can go community college classes here could be under a hundred dollars where at nice. uh, public a state school, you know, it, it could cost thousands of dollars per class wow. at a private school. Um, many thousands per class. See, cause I, I, had, I had like older friends and coworkers and, you know, people I spoke to who were like, they were in their thirties and they were, they were still paying off student loans. And to me, this made no sense. Cause I wanted to buy like a, I wanted to buy a rental property. I, I don't want to get too, too off topic here. But I remember when I was 17, I told my neighbor, Greg, I said, I'm going to buy a rental property before I ever buy a car because the car is a depreciating asset. I want to, I want to, 
I want to invest. Now that's a that's actually a really interesting thing you bring that up. So when I work, I worked at a bank. That was my first job out after college, and I noticed all of the management level people and up all had you know nice cars, but not the fanciest cars. And yeah. all of the cashiers and the the lower paid the hourly employees, they had like Escalades and these you know pimped out rides with yeah. cool speaker systems and all, and. And I uh, was talking to one of the other managers about it. He said, yeah, I don't get it. They're putting all their money into this depreciating asset. And we have cheap cars, but we drive to a nice house that keeps growing in value. Yeah. So it's a, it's a mindset that it's important to get. A, it's hard to understand at a young age. But it's, I know adults that still struggle with that. Like, I want the new cool car. Well, you can't afford the cool new car. You you can't even afford to pay your mortgage. <laughs> a, oh, I, I struggle with it daily too. I just knew that. Life would be better if I had a condo as opposed to having a, a car, a shitty car, you know? Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> like, like my friend spent all his money on, on a car and he was cool, you know? He went on more dates than me, but he had no money, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like he had to steal gas from his parents' lawnmower one time just, just, to, just to get home. <laughs> That's pretty low, stealing gas from the lawnmower. And you can't get much out of a lawnmower. It's like, well, it's like a half a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw, I went to community college. Like I said, I was greedy. And then when I was in community college, I, something strange happened. I actually liked school. Whoa. <laughs> it's funny because in high school, you, I was just forced to take courses, you know, like, you know, you never really enjoyed anything. I just find I find like in high school, you don't really get prepared for the real world. You don't learn anything about like, you know, solving problems or investment properties or like real life skills and they teach you biology and chemistry yeah i just i just took these random courses that i just like barely passed and i just didn't see the point of it but in college i got to take my own courses and, and i really liked it i really liked business and management and, and finance so did so you I, keep going at the community college or did you ever switch to a different university so being the greedy guy that i was i found out that i can transfer to a university so what I did was I took my three years at community college. I, it would take me longer, but I would save money. Mm-hmm. And in those three years, I could take university level courses and then ha- and transfer them, transfer them over. Mm-hmm. So I did three years at a community college and I worked like crazy hours. I was I was working odd jobs. I was just doing whatever I could to save up money. I started blogging, which we can get into later. Mm-hmm. And then I went to university for two years. I transferred uh, like I transferred like, most of my credits. So it was three years in college, two years in university. And I finished with, it, it wasn't easy, but I finished with zero debt. And, th- and that was my goal. That was my goal was to start start my life as early as I could. Because, I mean, I, di- I didn't want to be 30 and broke and pissed off at the world. I wanted to be in my 20s and, and financially free and able to do whatever I wanted to do. Like, I, I never got to go away for college. Like, it, it was an option, but I just I just couldn't do it. My, my, eye was, my, my, my eyes are so focused on the prize when it comes to, like, being free in my 20s. I sucked it up. You know, like, I had a girlfriend. We, uh, it was tough, you know, having a girlfriend living with your parents, I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I won't get into details, but that, that wasn't, that wasn't easy. But then I, but I finished college with zero debt. That's great. So how much does uh university cost up, up in your neck of the woods? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of out of touch now. It's been five years, but, uh, seven to 10,000 a year. Okay. Plus obviously that's just the tuition and the books and. Right. So that's, that's comparable uh, to a lot of the uh, state schools t- down yeah, on the side the, of the border. <laughs> like I could have easily gone away. Like a, like my br- my brother went away, which I was, I visited him a lot just to just to catch up and make up for lost time. <laughs> but I, I chose to stay in town. I lived at home and I uh, I took the bus, and it it was an hour each way. <laughs> that's a that's a ride right there. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's kind of funny because. Uh, People always say, "Oh, it must be luck, you know, it must be nice that you get to travel." To what? But, you know, I went. What? Uh, I went through that struggle. I woke up at six a.m. and just to take that stupid one-hour bus ride to school. What degree did you end up getting when you finished? I got a BCom, Bachelor of Commerce in uh, Management and, and Finance. Okay, so when you finished school, did you put that degree to work and go out and find the job, or did you start working on your own stuff right away? I didn't use the degree for one second. No. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I went to university because I, like I said, my parents wanted me to go. I ended up liking the program, but I I, I really quickly figured out that uh, it wasn't the life for me. You know, working working in that field full time for the rest of my life for the next forty years. 
So when I was in school, I started uh, my website, which uh, you may know of, Studentomics, Studentomics, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's only won a few awards, you know. <laughs> that's, uh, that's studentomics.com for, for listeners, S-T-U-D-E-N-O-M-I-C-S, just like, like it sounds. You get an A plus for spelling, Eric. <laughs> I, know, I I always did well in spelling tests when I when I studied in elementary school. <laughs> it's funny, but everything kind of changed from a university because I I started reading more. I started investing in myself. I was already in school, and I found that the like, even though I like some of my courses, I uh, the whole educational system is just flawed in general. Like mm-hmm. I was studying business, and we we were learning about this new thing called PayPal. Like really. <laughs> <laughs> 2009 you were learning about paypal like come on it's been around for a while uh, so I, I started reading and, and once i started reading uh, i started investing myself attending events and reading more and my whole perspective just just changed totally and at that point i i knew that like as i told you i was always into personal finance saving money and all my friends would come to me for their for their like money related questions kind of like uh just personal finance stuff right mm-hmm. like stuff that to me was common sense but I figured that this one I realized the money isn't logical. Money is very emotional and there's no one size fits all answer. Right. So since I was studying finance and I was uh, helping all my friends, I thought that I could start a business based around finance somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. So then me and my buddy, we got together and we decided to do something in this field. So we had, uh, we had business meetings, you know, we met up, we did research, we, we hung out, we talked about it. And then guess what happened? Uh, your friend quit? Nothing happened. We spent eight months <laughs> <laughs> talking about business ideas. He just planned and planned and planned, but didn't execute on anything? Execution over everything else. <laughs> Execution over education. I, le- I learned a quick lesson. So one day, after eight months of talking about this, I went on Dole Roller, one of my favorite blogs. Mm-hmm. And I read a quick article on how to start a blog. Because I was actually writing articles. I just didn't know that there was a thing called a blog. I didn't know these are blog posts. Mm-hmm. I thought that I could like write a bunch of articles and sell them and give financial advice. And then one day I read Door Roller and I learned how to start a blog. So I did the start a blog in three easy steps, the whole gimmick. Mm-hmm. I started a blog. I needed a name. I thought Stutonomics, how clever, right? Like <laughs> I thought that was the coolest name in the world. You know, like nobody would, would see this one coming. And I'm so grateful I chose that because th- this is during the era where everybody was keyword stuffing their names. Yeah. It was either Studonomics or Student Personal Finance Save Money.com, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> luckily, I at least thought of a brand name. And then I, I used the most basic, cheapest theme and I launched Studonomics November 7, 2008. That's the day that will live in infamy. <laughs> the what? The day that will live in infamy. Oh, forever and ever. <laughs> so, uh, so where did that journey take you? What's uh, what? How how has your life changed from starting that online business? So, just like when I first got my first soccer tournament, I worked all day. I made like a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. After one month of blogging, I got contacted about about a a text link about someone selling like advertising space on my blog, mm-hmm. and they offered me twenty dollars for uh, per month. For this, for this text link. And I had it made. I had life figured out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I remember my first, uh, my first ad I took on my blog was $10 for a post with a link to... Uh, oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, it was a link to a UK uh, payday loan site or something, I think. Uh, the, the post is long gone. But at the time, I was like, you know, I was like, 10 bucks for doing nothing other than sitting here? Like... What what better could you do than that, right? It paid for my it paid for me to go to the bar that night and have two beers. I was oh wow I was made in the shade with ten bucks, right? <laughs> You're on top of the world. So studentomics. So I made my first twenty dollars. So you figured I should drop out of school, but luckily I didn't drop out. Luckily, I you know I finished college. You know that's that's a good. You had that education to fall back on in case the twenty dollars a month didn't support you. Exactly. And, and the best part was, this, this is why I, I wrote this book, uh, A Failure to Launch No More. Because life is all about launching. Launch, 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 launch. If you're not launching, you're not doing anything. Yeah, so, that, so, um, so listeners, just so you know, Martin's uh, book you just mentioned just came out in the last couple of months, right? Yeah, I've, I've launched two books this year. Uh, 2015 is the year of launching. Awesome. So what, uh, I, what, 
we'll end with that. We'll talk. We'll talk about what you've been doing this year at the end. So let's keep going with your uh, studentomics story. So you, uh, so you had your twenty bucks a month. Um, things were going well. What happened next? Well, what I realized that I love like helping people. Like I know it sounds corny. Like I'm a bit of a jerk sometimes. <laughs> I really do like to help people, and I I, I love to s- to see people accomplish their goals. Like for example, my friend Mike just showed me his bank account the other day, and he saved thirty thousand dollars in the last two years by applying the studentomics uh, advice. That's awesome. Thirty grand's not chump change. That's 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 a lot of money. Yeah, that's awesome. It's in a savings account, and he's ready to invest now. So I learned that I like to help people. I also learned that I don't want to I don't want to uh, be stuck in a job that I hate, like. You know, you go on Facebook and like you see people, oh, TGIF, oh, FML, I hate my job, blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I never wanted to be the guy that, 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 you know, Friday night comes around, he gets hammered by 6 p.m. because he's so pissed off at the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get hammered by 6 p.m. because it's fun, right? Exactly. <laughs> it happens by accident. <laughs> I mean, it's just what after you have a beer and then another beer and keep going, it's, it's a side effect of enjoying a quality beverage. I, I'm not a quitter, you know. I don't just, I don't have just one. <laughs> so, th- actually, at this point, I want to mention one of my favorite quotes is uh, by Seth Godin. He says, instead of, th- instead of thinking about your next vacation, you need to set up a life that you don't need to escape from. That's, a, that's an awesome philosophy. I love that. That's really cool. So to go back to studentomics, so that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blogging, I'm writing, and all of a sudden I keep on getting more ads and more ads and more ads. And then I thought that I was like, you know, like I have a personal finance blog and like I'm a pioneer, you know, I'm, I'm a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I found the forum and I realized I had the least popular personal finance blog. Which forum? Do you remember the Money Blog Network forums? That sounds familiar. That's uh... yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, re- I think I remember that. The forum that really changed my blog was the Akazi. That was the one. Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. I was on there too. Yeah, connecting with all those people, is, um, that was a huge game changer for me in terms of traffic, in terms of understanding what I could make online. You know, I, I I was making more than $10 a, a post when I found them, but I was seeing people making like $100 a post, $200 a wow. post. It's like, it's like, whoa, this is like easy money. This was... By the way, just a little disclaimer to everybody out there, this sponsored post thing has changed a lot since the days we're talking about. Um, It used to be you could just put a link to a website on your blog and that website's Google ranking would increase automatically. It was was pretty much a step-by-step process to have your site rank highly. Since then, Google looks for unnatural linking practices. So if a website gets, you know, 20 links in a day and it's never gotten a link before, Google's going to say, well, that's weird. And it's going to not just penalize the site that got the links. It's going to penalize the sites that linked to it. So you can't do these sponsored posts anymore. I mean, some people do, but you can't do them the way that we used to do them to, to make money like this. So, um, that's a little disclaimer. You might not want to try this at home. Some people, if you start a blog, will approach you about it, but it's uh, at your own risk. Well, and that that's also the beauty about, uh, about blogging is that it's it's all been on the job training. Like like I said, I was I was you know I realized that there was other there was other bloggers out there, and I also realized that my design sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I had the desk. It was like a remember? Do you remember the desk theme? It's like a theme. It's like just a picture of a desk. I think I remember. It, on your blog, I don't remember the theme particularly. <laughs> but yeah, I was the one moron that actually thought it was cool. You know, you know, studentomics, studentomics. I got a desk. This is like, this is like awesome. <laughs> nah, I just looked, it just looked ridiculous and corny as, as hell. <laughs> well, you have a new theme and hired an awesome designer to help you build it. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not sure about the guy personally, but professionally, he's all right. That's uh, all right. So, <laughs> so if you didn't pick up on that, everyone, I um in my you know, freelance web design business that I've mentioned on the podcast before, um, I gave Martin a buddy rate because he, he's a good friend. We go back a while, and uh, we got him an awesome new theme. So if you haven't gone over it and checked it out yet, it's um it's it's pretty cool. I'd like to think. <laughs> I hope that the, every single listener gets to check it out because I mean, the design and the content will just change your life. <laughs> The design looks good, but it's uh, like like any blog. It's it's really about the content. It's about the words on the page. And Martin does you know, some amazing posts. He just did one recently. Um, 
guess we'll jump the gun a little bit. He's been doing some Uber driving and wrote yes, this yes. really in-depth post about what it's like to be an Uber driver. And um, if you've been wondering if it's worth it to make the money, definitely go check that post out. It's totally cool, along with you know everything else Martin writes. Yeah, that's another uh, on-the-job training aspect of my life. I Sometimes I'll just take on completely random challenges, like becoming a cab driver for uh, for a couple months and, and writing about it just to share it with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So, uh, so studentomics has grown, developed. Um, does that pay for a good chunk of your living expenses, or is that still kind of a, a minor thing on the side as far as income goes? Oh yeah. Well, here the thing was that I discovered uh, very fast that that uh, I got my theme going. I got my content change. I changed my content. You know, my my writings change a lot. Like when I look back on my, and I'm sure you can you can attest to this to yourself. I look back at the post from 2008 and I just cringe. Like, oh. Totally. I've gone back I and edited. One today. <laughs> oh, I've been deleting and editing. It's just yeah. embarrassing. I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I've probably deleted so, 150 posts um, from way back in the day. And my new posts—they're longer, they're better, they're more in depth. Um, definitely high, qual- higher quality guides. That oh I used to boy, read. it's funny. Cause I've been doing it for seven years now, like, and I don't even feel like it's been seven years because, like, the first few years are just like. Some of the articles were like 200 words. I just had to delete them. I'm like, I'm like, why did I post this? And, and why were people so engaged in this? Yeah. <laughs> and the whole blogging experience is a fluke for me. So like I started writing content. I got the design. I'm getting comments. I'm meeting other bloggers. And then, and then I started reading about these blogs and how to make money. And I soon discovered that there are so many ways to make money right now. 2000, in, in 2010, 2011, especially right now, 2015, the world is such a beautiful place right now. Like, I went from selling text links, then I started offering coaching. I've done, I've done a personal finance coaching, and then opportunities just would just spring up. Like, I, I've, I have like almost never for the first four years, I almost never emailed anybody. I would get emails. So, for example, a few years in, I got an email to appear on Fox Business News. That's pretty cool. That's a that's a fun uh, a fun media appearance. And this is before I was a pro wrestler. Now I wrestle topless, so I'm used to you know being in front of crowds. <laughs> I was like 21, 22, and I had to go on the news. And it it was a satellite. It was a satellite hit. So I just sat in a room staring at a camera, and I, I have not gone back to watch the footage. I don't I don't even want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I should go find it and put it in the, a link to it in the show notes if I can find that. That uh, could be kind of fun. Actually, I do have a clip. Last year, I I spoke at the Federal Reserve Bank in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and I was on the local news there, and I did come off better there. So, you know, now I'm a much different person than I was seven years ago. (laughs) Your your microphone skills are improved a little. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm not afraid to talk now. (laughs) So, um, so studentomics, it's still still going strong, doing well. Um, I I know you've done some other projects, too. You've had uh, dating websites and... Um, workout websites. Can you talk a little <laughs> yes, bit about those? Yes. So, what what I I realized uh, that uh, when it comes to uh, like money, sex, health, people turn to the internet. Totally. Because that's the only reason I started blogs. Because in real life, we we wanted to start a business, but we I soon realized that like uh, nobody would actually take advice in person. But when you write about it, and you and you actually look at your search engine traffic, sometimes it's pretty amusing how people find you. You know. Totally. There's, I've had people find me through the strangest keywords before. It's uh, you, you never. Oh, know. I know. Oh, I know. I wish I could contact these people and say, uh, "Good luck, brother, <laughs> or sister." <laughs> or offer them, uh, you know, a beer or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, uh, so how, so how did those sites develop? How did you get the ideas? Are they have they been successful? Well, to find successful, I mean, I'm, I'm still not a billionaire, despite uh, my best efforts, but. After I've been running Studentomics for seven years, in, in 2013, I started kettlebellrebels.com. Because as much as I love money, I also love fitness and working out and looking good and, and feeling feeling amazing. So I started writing about, uh, about fitness and an unconventional like, you know, fitness lifestyle. I share my pro wrestling journey on there. I share, you know, I, I do a lot of BJJ, a lot of MMA. So I share a lot of stories on there. And as I say with the blog, I... I there, there's, there's more than one way to make money, you know. The, the text links are a thing of the past, but now I started, I started writing books because mm-hmm. I realized like you could just anybody can self-publish a book, as you know. So my, my newest venture has been publishing books. 
So yes, my next book is actually about dating. It's about getting out of the friend zone. But I don't want to get too into that right now because it hasn't been released yet. <laughs> <laughs> so so everyone stay tuned for uh, for Martin's book on the friend zone sucks, man. I, I remember in, in my dating days, I got there way too many times. It was uh, when you're into a girl and she's just like, oh, let's let's hang out. Like, I don't want to just hang out. You know, let's go on a date. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hey, it's, it, it was my moral obligation to write this book. I, I had to write it. <laughs> the <laughs> moral help. and social obligation. So, I mean, but even though you know, I, I was in the friend zone many times, I have done okay. I have a, a wonderful wife. So uh, yes, I managed I to do okay. Awesome. A lot of people yes. still having trouble. Those young guys, that, they're the ones who need it. Those, those high school guys and um, you know, trying to break into the dating world, they're the ones who get stuck there the most. It's uh it's a learning curve, dating. Yes. And just like blogging, just like business, everything is all about ex- little experiments and testing out ideas. So I started you know, writing articles about nothing. And now I, I've sold coaching. I've sold courses. I sell books. Uh, yeah, public speaking I do. It's just, it's just amazing how many opportunities exist out there. You have to just be, you know, be willing to put yourself out there and ship to the market. Right. So, um, so I'll, well, can you find links to all that stuff on Studentomics if people want to? Hey, you, you go to Studentomics, you grab a copy of my book. That should keep you busy for the next couple months. I promise you. <laughs> the, 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 my main book right now is called Next Rounds on Me. It's the whole financial freedom journey in your 20s. I take you from broke and pissed off to financially free by the time you hit 30. Have the books I mean, overall been selling well? Is it, has each book been doing a little better than the last? Have you learned any awesome self-publishing tricks to, to get more sales? Oh, yes. Yes. My first book was uh, just total, total experiment. I didn't even really announce it. I was, I was very timid because, you know, mm-hmm. when I first launched my blog, as I said, I had the worst design, worst everything, and I slowly told people about it. Mm-hmm. And now it's taken me a while, but not, now I'm very open. I'm very out there. But this took me seven years to get to the stage now where I, I, they call me the Latin lover in wrestling and I sell my own shirts. <laughs> and I, like, people wear my shirts at the gym. It took me like seven years to get to the level where I can wear my own shirt and actually talk about my own blog, my own book. So my first book, I didn't even tell anybody about it. The girl I was dating, she goes, uh, you released a book? <laughs> yeah. So as you can imagine, if you don't tell anybody about your book, you're not going to get many sales. You know, I, I did the same. <laughs> I, I I told people who already read my blog, but it was really the only place I told anyone when I put out my first yeah. book called The Personal Finance Arsenal. <laughs> Never heard of it. See, that's because I didn't kidding, tell anybody about it. Now. <laughs> yeah. So, so now, uh, so actually, June was my best month so far because I uh, did this thing called self promote. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I found that I did a lot of guest posts. I sent review copies like crazy. Well, first I wrote an amazing book. Like I stand behind his book. I have one bad review and I'm very offended because I offered a free promotion and the book says next rounds on me. It's all about having fun. And the person downloads a free copy and complains that I talk too much about partying. The book is called next rounds on me. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you think I'm going to talk about? I think you'd get that from the, from the title. Yeah. This, this bad review. So there's one bad review, but that's fine. And, uh, yeah, so guest posting, sending review copies. I got friends to take pictures with the book. And I'm proud to say that June was my best month so far. That sounds like it's, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of hustle, but it's uh, it's paying off. That's cool. And the beauty the beauty is that uh, I, I know now for my next book exactly what to do, what not to do. And I, I, can, only, uh, I can only learn in the process. You're going to have to write a book on how to launch a book so, so people like me can figure out how to do that better. <laughs> It's funny. I think we live in the this is a, a bit of topic. I think we live in the era where there's more money in teaching how to do something than doing it. Like that article about Uber, I'm making more money from referring Uber than I did from driving for Uber. You know, that makes makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome though. If you, uh, you, you all you need to do is crack your own code. You know, some people don't have the you know the drive or the or the talent or or whatnot to to write a blog, and that's okay. And there's so many different ways to make money, as you said today, more than ever before. With, I'm actually, I've, in the in the coming weeks and months, there will be a mega post on my blog about how to start freelancing. And I go through it's there's tons of things you can do if you're in you know, like photography or video or uh, graphic design, writing, um, web design, anything, almost anything you can do. If you can come up with something that someone else can't do and is willing to pay for. And you're at least moderately good at it. 
you can make money. It's amazing. And you can connect online so so much faster than ever before. It's, it's a cool and the, 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 the beautiful part is that it takes nothing to put yourself out there now. Like I learned this, like, uh, you know, this is a whole different topic, but I bought a rental property and I was going to hire a property management firm. And one of my, one of my mentors pulled me aside and said, we're, we're going to have problems if you hire a property management firm. He goes, he goes, you're in your twenties. You're full of energy. Don't, don't tell me that you're too busy. Don't act like you're busy. I know you're not that busy. You can, you can do this on your own. I said, how? He said, just use the internet. So just by using, you know, a couple of Google searches, I found a, a lease agreement and an application form. Boom. And then, then, I, then I had to advertise this condo when I, was, when I was renting it out. How do I do that? I just go to Kijiji and I looked up other rentals in the building and I, and I almost copied them word for word. There you go. So, so I went from clueless to, you know, within a couple of clicks and searches, I was able to rent out my property. And I'm lucky that it all worked out because I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing screenings and people were asking me questions and I was just making up answers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but somehow it's all, it's all worked out. Is, is that uh, providing good cash flow for you? Oh, I got, I got really lucky. I mean, uh, I, it was a condo. I bought it from a developer in a, in a, like a, it was a pretty shitty area, you know? <laughs> like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. And then after I rented it out, I lived there for a bit and then I rented it out and I traveled. Went to Europe, you know. I won't get into that. Another story. And then I, uh, I don't know if it's for your audience. And then I, uh, <laughs> we'll have you back and have a whole a whole talk on travel because we're going to be running out of time in a few minutes. But um, keep going, keep going. So then I just, uh, I realized that the building is just was just horrible, but the location was 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 developing. Long story short, somebody made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and I and I didn't refuse. I took the money, and now I've been I'm in uh, investing. So I'm going to invest in another property. And just investing in myself, traveling, attending conferences, uh, reading books, meeting interesting people, and just trying to just trying to create more. That's great. So uh, we've we've touched on the the pro wrestling thing throughout, but let's talk about that for a few minutes because it's a totally interesting thing. And I I'll, I'll admit I am a at some points not so secret pro wrestling fan. Way back when my dad took me when I was little to see Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter. And I saw the wow. Ultimate Warrior. I saw these 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 classic wrestlers um way back when I was little and I was so one time I and we lived in Indianapolis, my dad got a second row seats and we were there and it was like the most exciting thing for my dad to to take me his his little boy. And I was I was three or four. We left Indianapolis on my fifth birthday, so I was young. And uh, I got so scared. I thought it was real. And they kept uh, it is real. They kept throwing each other into the. They throw them into the fence right in front of you. That that metal rail. And I thought they were gonna fall on me. I was like, I was a little kid, and they're like sweat, like you know, punch the guy. The sweat flies on me. I turned to my dad. I'm like, Dad, I think this is PG six. I'm not old enough to be here. And I made him. <laughs> I made him take me out. But um, how how did you get into this pro wrestling world? So you said you uh, you were a little kid. I, kids are awesome. Like these kids come to the show, and I'm a villain, and they hate me. <laughs> and and the but the, the best part is, there's a little girl who comes to shows, and she's like a huge fan. I saw the and pictures he, online. That's awesome that you have you have a uh, you've stolen a girl's heart already. <laughs> God bless her parents because her parents have to make a new sign every show. <laughs> and, and 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 they try to convince her that, that she can bring the same sign and she's she told him nope he's gonna notice so she brings a new sign every show and i you know when i'm out there i'll never uh i'll try not to you know acknowledge it because i'm a bad guy but after the show when everybody leaves i always find her just, just to say hello and at first she was nervous because she, she thought i was gonna be mean to her but you know we always have, we always have a good little chat whenever i see her and her parents <laughs> so how did you start wrestling what what got you on the uh the path to becoming the latin lover so everything ties down to, you know, financial freedom and saving money. So I always wanted to save money. I was always greedy. I was always into investing money. But in the back of my mind, I always wanted to chase dreams. But I've always been very logical. So I did everything. I did everything you're supposed to do, as I said. I went to school. You know, I saved up, blah, 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 all that, all that boring stuff. But the one thing I never got to do was to chase my pro wrestling dream, you know? Mm-hmm. So I turned 25 and I said, ah, it's too late now. You know, I was a fan for life. I'm like, ah, I'll just continue being a fan. You know, I'll just go to shows. Like I belong in a crowd, right? Like I should stay in the crowd. And then a school opened up near my house and it just, 
everything just the stars just aligned. I said, like that school was put there for a reason. I have to join this place. So I joined. And it was just for fun, right? Like, you know, we got in the ring and I started doing some MMA training. I did some BJJ, which I still do. And it was just all like fun and games, you know, you run the ropes, you know, you, uh, you, you, you do some wrestling, you train. It was all fun until they announced the show. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I realized I have to be in the show. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I have to actually do this? Like, I thought I was just here for fun, you know, living out a dream. You know, I get to go in the ring, run around, make a fool of myself. And then... I was put in a show. <laughs> Eric, I was terrified. Like 400 people in the crowd, I have to go out there and wrestle. <laughs> and I swear to you, the first moment I went out there, I realized I, like, I love performing. I love being a bad guy. I love the attention. I love all eyes on me. I, lo- I love just, just having fun. So it's all it's kind of like a fluke. It just, it just worked out. That, uh, you know, I was 25. The school opened beside me. I joined. I grew my, my hair was growing out at the time. They liked my look and they started putting me on shows. And now I've been almost last two years, I've been almost on every show. I'm one of the main characters. I'd like to think so. At least in my mind, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, I just take it a day, one day at a time, you know? So let's, um, before we wrap up, let's, let's say you're on stage about to cut a promo on video. Will you do a promo for us all to hear on the podcast? Like, oh, on, on who? On what? Be be the Latin lover. You can on anything you want. Like you're doing a show. If you were put on right now and they said do a Latin lover, you know, a, a 15, 20 second promo, what would you say in character? Eric Rosenberg, you pencil neck geek. You should be thanking me for being here. I'm the Latin lover. I put the harm and charm. <laughs> that's awesome so and Latin i would just lover. go on from there just pick it on you because you're smaller than me it would, it would just be easy you know <laughs> I, I get that totally so uh so people want to find you um where, where should they go studentomics.com grab a copy of my book enlighten yourself and uh md at studentomics.com studentomics on twitter send me a message and i'm, I'm here for you that's awesome thank you so much for taking the time to be here and sharing your story this was totally fun um, everyone, please do go out, check out Martin's website. It's a great resource. As I mentioned that Uber post, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, you know, you go out, connect He's he will respond to your messages and your tweets. He's a, uh, he's a great guy and, um, he won't be as mean to you as he just was to me, uh, unless you ask maybe <laughs> if you ask nicely. So, uh, until next time, everyone, um, thanks. Thanks for being a part of this. Martin, thanks for listening. All the listeners out there, you know, you can always reach me with any questions Eric at personalprofitability.com. If you uh, if you liked what you heard, hop on iTunes, leave a rating. If not, you know, let me know what I can do better. And until next time, stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend. Thank you.